Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Broadcast. My name is Mike and this is Tammy. How's it going, Tammy? Hi, everybody. It's going really good today. Coming to you from the Great Lakes area, beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Monday, July 17th, 2023. Coming right up, it is the Book of John, Chapter 5 today. Moving right along in the Book of John. Isn't this just the love of Christ in this book never ceases to amaze me? I know. Like, we spend a lot of time in the prophets and... It's prophecy for today, and it's kind of, it's got a dreadsy type of, it's too bad, but God always gives us a way out, but we mourn for those walking in darkness, as it's written in the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, and we, it, it's heart, heart-wrenching to see. Well, this is life. This is life, and you have the good with the bad. You have both emotions. The Bible evokes so many emotions because when we look at the world today, we see all of this well, coming true. We mourn for those walking in darkness, and Jesus Christ gives us a way out, and the love of Christ really comes through in this book of John, so you don't want to miss it. First, please consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ, the Companion Chapel. Me and Tammy set it up as a registered nonprofit ministry. Help us do more. If you can help support the Companion Chapel in any way, whatever God-given talents you have, God expects you to use it in the many-membered body of Christ, trying to get God's Word, the love of Christ, out into a hurting world. Father wants his children back. They can only be reconciled through the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can't romanticize who you think God is. You have to get to know Him through this one book here and that's what we have dedicated our lives to teaching the bible if you can help the companion chapel that'd be the greatest thing go to companionchapel.com visa mastercard paypal or just email us we love the emails just to say hi yeah. companionchapel at gmail.com and let us know that you're out there now please turn with me in your bibles to john chapter 5 moving right along here and after this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Notice this feast of the Jews, not feast of God, feast of Yahweh, feast of the Jews. That was an adjective here, which is also a trait noun. Grammatical rules don't apply to, uh, like the ones that apply to English today, don't apply to um, Old Hebrew and Old Greek, the original language. So it's a trait noun, and it's actually listed as an adjective in the lexicons. To mm -hmm. describe the clergy and their followers, their congregation. As it's written in the book of Jude, woe of those that have gone the way of Cain, Balaam, and Korah. That really wraps up who these people are. Right. They're, it's not a race. It's not a race of people. It's woe of those who have gone the way of, and this is the Jews. This is not a gene, genealogy. Exactly. Okay, so this is a, just a group of people. They have their feast. They put their traditions in there, and we'll be reading about it. Remember, the traditions of men void the word of God as it's written. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Beth, Beth Esada, having five porches. Um, Beth Esada is actually Armeric, but Hebrew, okay, same thing. This is just somewhere where people would go hang out. It'd I think be it's like Bethesda. Bethesda, Tammy, dressed up like a 14-year-old skater again today. I didn't notice. Yeah, Bethesda. Can you I'm, say that I'm three times? Bethesda, Bethesda, Bethesda. And I'm reliving my youth. Uh, maybe we should just call you 12 then, Tammy's <laughs> new name is 12. You got the little ponytail going there. That's awesome. All right, so yep. this is where people went and hung out. And it was just somewhere in the daytime. You know, it would be like a, a market area. And this was probably built by uh, Hezekiah or Solomon. Who cares? It's there. 
and these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water, for they thought an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. We're talking about superstitious religious practices here. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. Never always remember, especially John himself. When he penned this, he penned the epistles of John and the book of Revelation. Biblical numerics is one of God's trademark stamps of validity. It helps you understand what's being said here. 38 is a period of wandering. This guy was wandering around looking for healing. When Jesus had saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will thou, will thou be made whole? Nice guy. Jesus Christ was the nicest guy. First and foremost in importance in the universe, most precious in the universe, will thou be made whole? He's asking everybody that right now, today, the most important day of your life is right now. Are you ready to be made spiritually whole? But he's doing this in a physical sense to show us, I will heal you. Mm -hmm. Are you ready to be made whole? What verse was that, Timmy? First Thessalonians verse 7. The impotent man said, answered and said, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool, but when I am coming into another, steppeth down before me. Superstitious, superstitious, stitious, superstitious, stitious, religious practices. Jesus saith unto him, Rise up, take thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole. Always remember, God executes performances far beyond our current understanding of physics. This isn't some sideshow. Watch what happens here. And immediately the man was made whole. He took up his bed and walked. And that bed would have been like a piece of carpet or something. Yeah. You know. All right. So it's not like. Okay. Yeah. And, like a roll up cot. Yeah. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured. It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. What are these guys doing? This is what they did. They knew the Old Testament. They knew the laws. But they exploited them to try and put on a big religious show. So they exploited the fourth commandment here. Do no work on a Sunday. You give one day off of your labors that you do. But it doesn't mean they were these, this religious clergy, Jews, is what they're called here. This adjective is always looking to point figures to try and make themselves look more religious because they were doing it for money, right? There was a lot of money going into the church. And it's the same thing today, exploiting the fourth commandment adding on to God's word which is forbidden in the Bible read the very last page of your Bible if you add anything to it you're cursed if you take anything out you're cursed last page of your Bible he answered them and said he that made me whole the same said unto me take up thy bed and walk then asked they him what man is that which said unto thee take up thy bed and walk you know they're just looking to point fingers to find fault and to try and blow people out of the water and he, he, he that was healed wist not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away a multitude being at that place. He just, Jesus just skated out of there. 14. <clears throat> Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come of thee. This is huge. Now, this is for all of us today, and we have to go to, there's some extremely, 
extreme warnings in the Bible. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26, if I can find it. And as I'm trying to find it, Tammy's going to tell us about her new getup. No, I'm not. The skater girl. And you know what? What I was going to say is the Bible, it's a love letter from our Father. And sometimes you have to say the good and the bad. You know? What? As a parent. God, our Father. Well, this is about discipline. This is about getting back to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. We fell out of harmony with the universe. I know, but I'm just trying to, to say that when you have a child, like yeah. with my child, sometimes I gave my child strict warnings. You know, don't do this, don't do this, that. This is, and that's what this is this from is God all, to us. This is loving Father. Exactly. It's a, you know, let's use this analogy. Okay, people that want to... Like you said, put find loopholes in the Bible, marginalize yeah. the Word of God, and and use this Bible as a random book of quotes. Okay, so you get a new job somewhere, say in an office or a factory or something. Do you think you can walk in there and just start changing rules and be accepted? You're going to get fired, right? And it's the same thing with the Bible. You can't walk into the Bible. You can't walk with God while you're still holding the devil's hand. Now listen to this. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Now, let's just follow this up with Second Peter chapter 2, verse 20. And these are this is dire consequences. God is not messing around. Think about this. Does God need you? Think about that. That's like, whoa, just does God need you? We need God. We need a governmental perfection, a God of governmental perfection to govern free will entities because we cannot govern ourselves. Look at this map behind us. It is a disaster. We've turned this planet into a chemical toilet or a bunch like a bunch of kids in a sandbox blowing the hell out of each other. We need a government. And this is what God is saying. Hey, it's up to you where you go when you die. And now 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20. For if after they have escaped pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled therein and overcome the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. If you continue those ways, for it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them like a dog that goes back to its own vomit as it's written. Now we have to go to what does repenting mean? And this is just a quick lesson. I wasn't planning on this, but we'll go to Matthew chapter 21. And even the disciples didn't understand this, but Jesus Christ taught us. And we go back to the original language manuscripts so that we can explain this because the English argument is pointless when it comes to the Bible, Matthew chapter 21, we got daddy, he's got two kids. It's like our heavenly father and his children. All right, but this is a great analogy. It said, a certain man had two sons and he came to the first and said, son, go to work in my vineyard. Go produce fruit, go do something. And he answered, I will not. But afterward, repented and went. And he came to the second and said, likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and he went not. And then it says, which of these two did the will of the Father? And everybody's sitting there, the first one. Well, you go back to the manuscripts and understand. This word repented 
here, afterward he repented the first kid, is meta malome. And that means he did it grudgingly. He had an aftercare about the consequences rather than a deep regret of the cause. It wasn't a change of heart. It was because of the consequences. This old man was going to be on his case for the rest of the day if he didn't show up for work. And what did he do? He went, but he didn't want to. It wasn't in his heart to repent. The second kid, which would have been me, said, yeah, I'll be there and it'll be a no-show, right? But I'm just oh, saying. Oh, yeah, he's I've, a no-shower. I've been... I. <laughs> Repent is from the heart. So when it says repent, when it's a real change of attitude towards the sin itself, it's meta Noah in the manuscripts. You can't, the intent or desire is still there. You can't repent grudgingly. It has to be from the heart. And that's what's being said here to Jesus Christ telling this guy, sin no more or a worse thing will come from you. Worst thing, like we have to get back into harmony with the universe and you're not going to vow to kid God. He knows your thoughts, your intents, your actions. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole and therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus. Hostile towards our Lord Jesus Christ and Christianity right up to this day. As soon as you marginalize God word, God's word or look for loopholes and sought to slay him. For, for doing this for this guy because he had done these things on the Sabbath day of course we have to go to Jude chapter 11 and I, or Jude verse 11 it's just woe to those that have gone the way of Cain who just flat out rejected God uh, Balaam who taught for money and Korah who tried to sugarcoat God's word he came up to Moses saying hey this some of these rules in here aren't convenient for us that's Korah and his 270 henchmen what did God do he zapped them right there so just be careful about sugarcoating the word of God and trying to make concessions for the word of God and trying to negotiate with God it's yay or nay and how refreshing is that like we don't get that today anywhere else except here Let's go to verse 17 of John chapter 5. But Jesus answered them, My father work... <laughs> Tammy, we don't sneeze on set. That's not who we are. Sorry. Do you need a handkerchief? No. I'm okay. You're just going to use your sleeve like a 12-year-old? Yep. I'm done. Thanks. Are you done? I'm done sneezing. Interrupting Sorry, everybody. the Bible study? But Jesus answered and said to them, My father worketh hith or true, oh, and I work. This means God worked. <laughs> I don't know why they use these words in the Bible. It's like, this means that now Jehovah our Father is speaking through his son, but before he spoke through the prophets, God was always working to try and get us back. And that's what's being said. Now, now it's Jesus Christ's turn, the only begotten Son of God, first and foremost importance in the universe. He's your teacher, your master, your rabbi, your wonderful counselor. We listened to him. Therefore, the Jews sought more to kill him. Oh, that's nice people, aren't they? Because that's the lead clergy. Hey, when you sugarcoat the word of God, you're killing the truth. Our God is the God of truth. Jesus Christ is the truth. That's that great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. There is no in-between. There's no negotiating. Because he had not only broken the Sabbath according to their twisted laws, the way they twist the Bible, but said also that God was his father, making him equal to God. 
to kill him. Three attempts on the Lord's life. Three death threats to kill in the book of John when Jesus Christ associated himself as the only begotten Son of God. How is that possible, the only begotten Son of God? Read Psalms 22, Psalms 35, a very piece of God's personal life force. His darling soul was in the Lord Jesus Christ. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that's truly, truly, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that he doeth, and he will show greater works than these that you may marvel. Yeah, where are you going to marvel from? The hell side or the heaven side? We know from Lazarus and the rich man, hey, they can see what's going on on the heaven side. And it's mm -hmm. pretty daunting over there because it's in the nether parts of the earth where there is no praise or presence of God whatsoever. All these ideologies that people come up with, the construct of how they're going to govern themselves will be over there and it's going to be worse than what we see on the map today. Or you can be a place of unity, a place of perpetual friendship. It's a priestly kingdom as we get prepared for that great wedding feast. You're invited. That's your inheritance. That's your heritage. God wants his children back. And then finally, at great white throne judgment, we get on with the eternity to cohabitate with God in the circuits of time as it's written in Psalms chapter 90. Mm -hmm. And for the other people, it's your free will choice that you do not want to participate. And by time, white throne judgment comes along. You've exhausted your caregiver. And that's all there is to it. God's not running a daycare up there. Then answer Jesus, and verse 20, love, okay, verse 21, For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quicketh them, even so the Son quicketh them who he will. That means give life to, quicken, give life. Either you go to the Dead Sea side, or you're going to have eternal life, going to have eternal life. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment to the Son. Jesus Christ sorts itself. What's wrong with me today? Sorts us out. Jesus Christ sorts us out. Go to Matthew 13. I don't have 13. enough time to get into what's wrong with you. Why <laughs> would you ask me that on Tammy set? Tammy is a comedian. And are you going to be doing your mall tour, Tammy, with your little stand-up comedian routine? I will. I will be at all the, the major don't malls. Don't use that last one. It, it, it was a fail. That was a fail. The setup at the delivery. <laughs> I know. I know. You, you just keep stumbling over your words. Yes, Tammy. Perhaps uh, let's see what's what verse I'm sorry. we on now. I'm sorry. I shouldn't tease. Um, no, you shouldn't tease, Tammy. Okay, Son, honor the Father which had sent him. Oh yeah, remember Matthew chapter thirteen thirty eight. Jesus Christ is the judge. We all get, and the angels are the reapers. We're all back in the valley of Jehoshaphat. And you get promoted as it's written in the book of Psalms to one side or the other side, and that's all there is to it. And we mourn for those walking in darkness. But like we say, we sit around praying all the time. There's no Bible study around here or anything. I mean, Tammy, you're all alone because this place is loaded with money. Because it's the biggest nuclear power plant in the world. It's just 10 miles over there. And they pay a lot. And then people's religious authority changes to what they worship, what they have faith in. Money, themselves, their own ideologies, and major media. They just Well, and one of the unfortunate things is that the churches don't teach the word of God. So when people who who do class themselves as Christians run into Michael 
and start talking about the Bible, they just get mad at him. Well, it's uh, well, they Jesus, pucker up. Jesus Christ said that when you teach the truth to people, that they will, it's like an old wineskin in an old garment. If you put a patch in an old garment and wash it, it'll pucker up. And if you put new wine in an old wineskin, it'll explode. Yeah. I think that's one of my favorite ones. And yeah. that's what they do. Let's go over the first page. You see them puckering up. Yeah. And they explode because they don't want to hear the doctrine of Lord Jesus Christ. Because they have a romantic, not, I'm not romantic, sorry, an emotional connection to their preacher and to their ideologies. They can't be corrected. We are all down here for correction. And Jesus Christ is our teacher, master, rabbi. He is our wonderful counselor. Wisdom personified, talking here. And that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, which has sent him. It's the natural order of things written in the very first chapter of the book of Revelation. It goes, God, through his only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, through the angels as messengers, and then down through the apostles and disciples to spread the seeds of truth throughout the world. Father wants his children back. And it's about obedience, submitting with an unquestioned obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ, surrendering your entire existence over to the Lord Jesus Christ and asking him to cleanse you of everything that offends the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Everything that is of the darkness, everything that is corrupt to the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom and ask him to saturate you with his Holy Spirit. Cover me with your veil, Lord Jesus Christ. Wrap me in your vesture. Please hold my hand. You are my shepherd. I shall not want another. You are my rock, my only stability. You are my fortress, my high tower. And in this book of John, he feeds us with the bread of life and quenches our thirst with the living waters so we don't hunger or thirst after the ways and things of the world again. We understand this is such a little short time. Consider infinity back, infinity forward. It's beyond our comprehension. This little hundred years or less that we get have to trip around in these flesh bodies. We have to, as individuals, get our spirit, our psyche, the intellect of your soul back into harmony with the universe. So when we're talking about the bread of life and the living waters, that's food for the soul. Your soul is your life force. Your spirit is the intellect of your soul. That's your personality, your attitude that motivates all actions. It's what your desires and your lusts and your wants. You have to get control of your psyche, your spirit. And that's what goes to heaven, your spirit. It's an energy that cannot be created or destroyed. But it can be corrupted. Be very careful. Truly I say unto you that he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me have everlasting life. That's me, that's you. We believe this with an unquestioned obedience. We ask questions about the Bible. We don't question the Bible. And shall come, not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. Oh yeah, we're all going to choke back our last breath. There's no doubt about it. It's sufferings oh, yeah. before the glory. We are human beings going through a flesh experience. We're spiritual beings going through a flesh experience right now. Your soul's an energy, your spirit's an energy. That makes up your identity and you're judged accordingly. Truly I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. For as the Father have life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. Very darling soul, 
of God himself was in the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalms 22, Psalms 35. And hath given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. He is the Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua Messiah. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which that all are in the grave shall hear his voice. What's Jesus Christ doing here? Now people will think that and this is unfortunate because over and over in the Bible, you're instantly with the Father. As soon as this flesh body is done, the spirit is back with Father. This goes in the dirt. Your spirit goes back with Father. Instantly, as it's written in a twinkling of an eye, you can go through. Uh, there's too many places. This is referring, he's trying to teach us, the people that you don't see around anymore, I'm going to refer to them as people in the grave. And I'm going back to teach them that I have come and fulfilled prophecy. Remember the Samaritan, the woman uh, at the well. She knew they were waiting for Messiah, but they didn't have any Bible teachers back then, but somehow right. she knew. People know. And Jesus Christ went back to the prisons as it's written, 1 Peter chapter 3.19, and we'll go through this thread quickly. Where did Jesus Christ go for those three days? He went back and taught those people, hey, I came, I fulfilled prophecy. The most selfless act of love and compassion beyond our present comprehension was Calvary at the cross, where prophecy became in accordance with the Word of God, in accordance with reality. And 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 19 tells us straight up. Remember, the Bible has a pattern to it. It has its own algorithms. It has its own glossary. And we found that. Me and Tammy found it. We're sharing it with you now. So where did Jesus Christ go? And what he's talking about here. For Christ also died once for, for our sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, made alive. Just because the flesh dies, you don't instantly in the Spirit. Where did Jesus Christ go? First Peter 3.19 by which he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. The people that came and went before, he's referring to, hey, remember those people walking around? You put them in the grave? Well, they're somewhere. I went and I'm going to teach them. Salvation is here now. And remember, if they died 3,000 years before Christ, 4,000 years before Christ, one day at the Lord is a 1,000 years. On his wristwatch, that would seem like they've only been gone for a couple days. And there's Jesus Christ going back to teach them. Same. I'm not going to go there, but Ephesians chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. Three times for emphasis here, John 5, 1 Peter 3, 19, Ephesians 4, 9, 10. Let's us know. Jesus Christ went and taught everybody, and it's your free will choice to accept the Lord Jesus Christ or not. And you, you write your own sentence where you go when you die. And shall come forth... They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. Psalm 75, 6. You get promoted, you get what you deserve. And that's all there is to it. I can, of my own uh, self, do nothing. As I hear, I judge. My judgment is just. King of the just, Melchizedek. High priest after the order of Melchizedek. Because I seek not my own will, but the will of Father which has sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another that beareth witness of me. And I know that the witness, what she witnesses, 
of me is true. What's these three verses say? 30, 31, 32. Let's just move along here. No excuses for the temptations of the flesh. No guile, no malice, no corruption was found in the Lord Jesus Christ. He was innocent, not guilty. No sin penetrated his psyche to his thoughts, his intents, his actions. He was innocent, not guilty. He took the lowest earthly position for us. He suffered for us and because of us. And he had to. Or else the kingdom of heaven would not be legit. Satan hyper-focused sin on him. Can you imagine? Like, just beyond our comprehension. Hyper-focused temptations on him. Jesus Christ said, no. You got nothing on me, Satan. And that gave him the right to set up a kingdom of heaven for whomsoever will that is universally recognized that will not accommodate evil. It is valid. It is legit. It is bona fide. So let's go on to uh, verse 33. I sent unto John, this is John the Baptist, showed out to Johnny Baptist here, John the Baptist, and he bare witness of the truth. But I receive not testimony from man, but these things I say that he might be saved. Jesus Christ didn't go to some seminary. He didn't go to some school. He got he was he is God. So he knew the word of God, obviously. John the Baptist got taught, obviously, by his daddy, Zechariah. And we know that from Luke chapter one. Uh, he was John the Baptist was a burning and shining light, and we were willing for a see or you were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. Let's look at this word light first and go to Psalms or uh, Job chapter 38 verse uh, 7. Light, bright shining life force. In the Hebrew, Kahav, all the stars sang for joy at one point. All of us, the whole human family in totality shouting out for joy in infinite felicity. What happened? One third of the stars fell. These bright shining life forces fell. That's me, that's you. That's you have to get that into you. You have to understand God doesn't need us. We need God and we need his word. The Lord Jesus Christ is the way, is the truth to get back to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. God's not messing around. He's not running a daycare up there. It's for whomsoever will. You get what you want. You get promoted where you want to go. For a season to rejoice in his light. Jesus Christ is the light, but we shine as stars of Father. Why did they rejoice for a season? We knew, we know these people. They get all excited about hearing about Jesus Christ, and then they just fade away. For a little bit, they're bandwagoners, pedestrian Christians. They don't want to hear the truth. They'll show up for church, and as soon as they hear something they don't like that's not convenient for them, they'll make excuses for it, and they'll find a pastor to make the excuses for them also. Oh, Jesus Christ forgives all sin. If big condition there. The letter I beside the letter F. If you repent from the heart. Total change of your thought patterns. But I have a greater witness than that of John the Baptist for the works which the Father hath given me to finish the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me to do to fulfill prophecy. No more blood ordinances. No more going in dragging farm animals into here God here's a farm animal. Uh, the priest is going to sacrifice it. I'm going to dump some money in the, in the thing there and uh, 
we're good, right? We're good. No, it comes from the heart. That's the baptism that Jesus Christ was talking about. That's what being born again from the heart, your mind, your spirit, your psyche, that closed energy system that goes somewhere when you die. Energy cannot be created or destroyed, but it will get promoted somewhere. And we don't want to see anybody on the hell side. And we pray for everybody. And it just sucks, man, that people just can't get over their own ideology. I believe in myself. You know what fuels that? There's always the common denominator is egotism. You can't tell me. I know. I know how to govern myself. Look at the money I got. Look at the things I got. You know what I mean? And they can't be taught the simplicity of this word. And it's so sad. And for people who know the truth, like us, there's hardly anybody around. Yeah, there's no it's, one. It's to a really... lonely world, right? Yeah. And you're invited to this Bible study anytime, every morning, out here, and I'll put the address at the bottom of the screen, or just uh, let's get on with this. Verse 37. And the Father Himself, which has sent me, have borne witness of me. You have neither heard His voice at any time, nor seen His shape. These people, these pastors. Oh, God, talk to me today. And uh, yes, He told me to get 20 people to stand up right now with a thousand dollar donation each. I want to see 20 people stand up right now, right? You know, like He just these people will say anything. Wolves in sheep's clothing. They're ministers for Satan. Second Corinthians. Anyways, Second Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter. Let's just go there just quickly because I didn't mean to let that out. But when you talk about it, Second Corinthians chapter 11. If we want to hear about preachers of today, listen, man, these guys have charisma. They know how to use this Bible as a random book of quotes. They know how to make you feel good. That's a sugar-coated lesson. And with every sugar-coating, comes a sugar crash for well, such they are they're salesmen they've got a good sales yeah. pitch yeah they're not they're not actual bible teachers if they're using they're, the bible as a random book of quotes yeah. to get the whole crowd going crazy and now before they used to bore us to death and now they have big screens rock and roll bands and they have people shouting out and yelling and and it looks religious there's no doubt about it and when we used to go to those churches it was you could feel it that's not the Holy Spirit, y'all. That is adrenaline. Being in a crowd where everybody's getting amped up, using it's, a verse here, using same, a verse there. It's the same as motivational speakers. Yeah, that's Anyone true. who yeah. hypes you up, yeah. gets that adrenaline pumping, makes you feel good, it's, makes you want to buy, makes you want to buy their CDs and, and their books. The, and, and, yeah. yeah, it just makes you want to give to them because they're rich you you look at them and think well, it you know. even goes for the smaller churches you know that yeah, are true. like these guys have to make money and that's what they want to do and they want to make people feel good like a motivational speaker for such are false apostles deceitful workers disguising themselves that's transforming themselves into the apostles of christ that means to assume one's appearance and they'll put on the get up whether it's a backwards collar address or now they dress like me now and they yeah, they know how to work a microphone. There's no doubt about it. But are you being taught the Bible? Me and Tammy used to sit in the truck after and go, dude, we haven't, this guy was at this first, then he was at that first, then we sang a half an hour of songs, and we're praying for these people. I'm like, you know what? If that's your church, go back and ask for your money back. Say, you teach me the Bible. I'm not coming back anymore. Because if I want to go to a cultural event, don't call it a religious event. Don't call it church Okay, no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. And we're talking about the light here. John was a light. Satan is an angel of light himself. 
the lesser of the two unique light givers that defiled the sanctuary. That's the seminaries. That's where they get this construct. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, reverends, preachers, ministers, whatever you want to call yourself, also be transformed, disguised as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Be careful, your spiritual body, if you have developed uh, emotional attachment to your minister, preacher, or pastor, he's responsible for where you go when you die. You be careful. You Ultimately, you're responsible for allowing him to deceive you and put loopholes in the Bible and change the construct of the Bible to allow you to make concessions to for the construct of rich white man money right. and and you you hear uh these pastors preachers they they don't use the, they don't teach chapter by chapter verse by verse what are their sermons on human endeavor human merit human entitlement you deserve this there's all these big super preachers now you deserve more god wants you have more do you see my 58 million dollar estate god wants that for you Really? Did Jesus Christ even have a dime? Did he go around when he had money? To say, Let's go invest at the bank here. Invest in anything as long as there's a return. Well, we know. Jesus Christ taught us. Okay. And the Father himself, which has sent me and borne witness of me, have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape. These people that think God's talking to him. Moses, even in Numbers chapter 12, verse 8, did Moses see God? No. Saw similitude, but he heard his voice. No one's seen him. What about, uh, all right, we'll just leave that out of that, okay? Even Moses, Numbers 12, verse 8. And ye have not his word abiding in you, for whom he has sent him. You don't believe. You just, you're just going to make up your own religion. Religion just means follower of your own beliefs. And worship means what you have faith in, trusting other ideologies. Be careful who's teaching you the Bible. Uh, search the scriptures there's a good commandment right there search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life be careful this applies to everybody today and they and they are they which testify to me the central theme of this whole book is Yeshua Messiah salvation of God uh, back to a place of eternal life he's the tree of life he's Melchizedek king of the just he's the angel of God that's that um, set Jacob straight Jesus Christ himself Emmanuel God with us that was all written before this whole construct of a savior coming throughout the whole Bible way before the Gospels and that's what Jesus Christ is saying search the scriptures you guys are using his random book of quotes to try and look holy and you will not come to me that you might have life. I receive not honor from men. I don't care what people think, and that should go for you too. I was in that prison before, the prison of what other people think. It was absolute hell. It was spotlight syndrome, huge. We're always concerned with what other people think. That's a prison you put yourself into. Who cares what other people think? And Jesus Christ said, I don't receive honor from I can give I can give care what other people think but i know you that you have not the love of god in you god knows thoughts intents and actions i am come in my father's name and you receive me not in another if another shall come in his own name you will you will receive him yeah people receive other people like super preachers they'll receive what they're saying go yeah that really speaks to me but you know i don't know this book at all and 
That's what you're saying. You're not receiving the Lord. Be careful. Don't get tricked by man. Do not be deceived. That is the theme throughout the Bible. Do not be deceived. Jesus Christ is the living word. How can you believe which receive honor of one and another and seek not only the honor that cometh from God only? Like the, the hypocrites. Uh, 45. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, whom you may trust. Even before it comes to me. What Moses represent the law. People convict themselves by marginalizing God's law because it's not convenient. Always notice that a criminal or a heathen person a liar, for example, they always convict themselves. The truth is always there. You can smoke screen it all you want. Feelings do not mean more than the truth. Whatever you're trying to convince people of, the truth will always be there. The smoke will clear. Trusted in Moses. Now, Jesus Christ personifies the law. I came not to change one jit or jot of the law or the prophets. I came to fulfill. All these laws hold. When it says in the Bible, the laws don't apply anymore. That's the laws of the Pharisees and Sadducees do not apply. That's the traditions of men that have worked their way into the Word of God, into the seminaries. Satan defiled the sanctuary, Ezekiel chapter 28, and it's all worldwide today. That's why you see people not obeying the Bible in the church, eating pork, calling themselves reverend. The list goes on. They'll just sugarcoat the Word of God, Jesus Christ. And no, Moses had the law. I personify the law. I'm standing right here. For if you had believed Moses, you ought to believe me. For he wrote of me. The whole Bible, the whole central theme is the Lord Jesus Christ getting us out of here to whomsoever will. But if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? Yeah, you're just going to make up your own construct. Well, I want to thank you very much for watching. That was Ma uh, John chapter 5. We'll do John chapter 6 tomorrow. If you can help us get out of the bottom of the algorithms. Um, I've never seen the algorithms so bad. It's because I must have said something, and now we've been restricted. But when it comes to teaching the prophets, it's hard not to say what's going on in the world today because we're watching it play out on the world stage. And yeah, sometimes I guess this restricted platforms, which includes all the podcast platforms and YouTube also, wherever you're watching. So if you can like, subscribe, comment, share, get notifications, it's your way of helping glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving world word to a hurting world. I want to thank you very much for watching. Have yourself God the greatest bless. day and bye for now.